Coming up on BBP News, medication abortion has been halted by the courts. Two Democrat lawmakers were voted out of their seats in the Tennessee House last Thursday. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Today is Monday, April 10th, 2023. Chris, start us off in the normal Monday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this week. In Los Angeles, California, it is 80 degrees and sunny. And in Houston, Texas, it is cloudy with a high of 71 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, it is partly cloudy, 66 degrees. And in New York City, it is sunny with a high of 64 degrees. The summer weather is a coming, and I am ready for it. I, I'm pretty much ready also. I mean, it's going to be almost, it's actually going to hit 80 for us later this week. And um, Darn tootin' it is. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm quite ready for 80. I, I'd kind of oh, like it to I just kind of sit 60s, slow 70s maybe, but uh, I guess I won't complain. I'll take it over 30, you know? I will take it over the snow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that over the snow if I have to pick. You know, like, I drained the snow blowers, took the plows off the right. trucks, took the sanders off. I'm done. Yeah. So, you know what? If snow does come, probably my fault. <laughs> you jinxed it. You jinxed yeah. it. Let's just say I, that now. Yeah, probably. But, yeah. you know, used to it by now. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we got some plenty of news to get into this week. And the most popular medical abortion pill in the United States is now temporarily banned. A federal judge in Texas Friday night dropped his ruling on Mifeprestone. We told you all about the fight in early March. We have been waiting for this Texas judge to weigh in on the case. And Judge Matthew McCurry sided with the plaintiff, a group called Alliance Defense. Freedom. They argue the FDA was wrong to approve Mifeprestone in the first place way back in the year 2000. And they say that the FDA ignored what they are calling widespread harmful side effects. The FDA and medical experts across the country say Mifeprestone, which is used for more than 50% of abortions in this country for the last 20 years, is absolutely safe and effective. The judge's ruling echoed the same argument from the Alliance Defending Freedom. From here, Judge Kexmerick put a stay on his ban for abortion pills for the next seven days, so Mifeprestone will be available temporarily until Friday. The judge says that gives the federal government time to appeal the ruling, which they absolutely will, but the appeal will go through the very conservative Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, so it looks like the Supreme Court could be weighing in on yet another groundbreaking abortion case. The most popular abortion pill in the United States will be banned Friday, so says a federal judge in Texas. But that is not the end of the story. The ban on Mifeprestone, if it takes effect, will apply to the entire country. Even in states where abortion is legal, as we just told you a few seconds ago, just to make things more complicated, on Friday night, another judge in Washington state hearing a completely separate case on the same abortion pill issued the complete opposite ruling and the judge said in that case that in washington oregon pennsylvania colorado connecticut delaware illinois michigan nevada new mexico rhode island vermont 
Washington, D.C., Hawaii, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, and Arizona, the FDA cannot change its policies and must make mifepristone available in those states. These conflicting rulings will absolutely send both of these cases to the fast-track appeals process and will ultimately be back in front of the Supreme Court once again. Partisan turmoil was seen in the Tennessee House last Thursday as two Democrat lawmakers were expelled and a third was saved by just one vote. Reps Justin Jones and Justine Pearson were the two voted out, the reasoning being for breaking chamber rules on conduct and decorum. 27-year-old Jones was the first to be voted out, with the count being 72 to 25. That was followed by a failed vote to expel 60-year-old Gloria Johnson, with the final vote being 65-30. to 30. Pearson was removed from the final vote, the count there being 69-25. to 25. But what did these members do that got them expelled? They have taken part in and helped to lead protests that were taking place on the state capitol grounds the week prior. Right, so the Tennessee Three, as they are being called, can be seen in photos and videos using bullhorns to help lead chants to bring more gun control to the state of Tennessee. And this is following the shooting that left three students and three staff members dead at a private school in Nashville. These actions were labeled as quote-unquote mutiny by members of the Republican supermajority in the House who promptly move to expel these members. However, there are some, including the members who were removed themselves, that suggest that racism also played a role in their removal. Before the vote to remove him, Representative Jones said, quote, a state in which the Ku Klux Klan was founded is now attempting another power grab by silencing the two youngest black representatives, end quote. This argument was then furthered by Representative Johnson, who, for the record, is white, who said in an interview when asked on the matter, quote, it might have to do with the color of our skin, end quote. The removal of lawmakers is incredibly rare in Tennessee, with only eight representatives being expelled since the state's inception. Six of those were in the 19th century and were Confederate supporters, refusing to affirm citizenship for African Americans after the Civil War. Another was in the 1900s for a bribery conviction, and the last was in the 21st century, and that was for sexual misconduct. President Biden released a statement Thursday night following the votes in which he said, quote, Today's expulsion of lawmakers who engaged in peaceful protests is shocking, undemocratic, and without precedent, end quote. After being exposed in a bombshell report last week, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas says the luxury trips on private jets and yachts to exclusive places around the world he has been taking for free for years did not need to be disclosed to anyone, even though they are being funded by a billionaire friend who is a Texan conservative conservative who is one of the biggest Republican donors. In a rare move, the longtime conservative justice released a statement defending his actions. Quote, early in my tenure at the court, I sought guidance from my colleagues and others in the judiciary and was advised this sort of personal hospitality from close friends who did not have business before the court was not reportable, end quote. 
Justice Thomas says that mega donor Harlan Crow and his wife have been friends with him and his wife Jeannie for 25 years, and the Crows didn't technically have any business before the court. The question then becomes, where is the disclosure line? A simple dinner with friends is one thing, but lawmakers are now saying that this is a whole new level and should be disclosed. The fallout has already begun, and the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, the night before Thomas's statement, said that he was outraged and that the Senate is going to tackle this and create ethics for the high court. Then on Friday, a joint letter was sent to the Chief Justice from House and Senate Democrats demanding that Chief Justice Roberts open a formal investigation into the matter. We got the jobs report for the month of March, and it has a few things worth looking at. The report from Friday showed another increase in the number of jobs created across the country, that number being 236,000. This report marks the 27th straight month of solid job production here in the United States. However, this number also marks the second straight month of job creation, numbers decreasing with 517,000 created in January and 311,000 in February. Whether this is going to be a continuing trend remains to be seen, as even a three-month span is rather short, relatively speaking, but it is worth keeping an eye on in the meantime. What this number does indicate to a lot of experts is that the labor market is still holding strong and continuing to carry the American economy as it deals with high interest rates and high inflation. And speaking of interest rates, some experts believe that this jobs report will give the Fed more incentive to raise the interest rates once again. The three industries that received the biggest boosts were leisure and hospitality, healthcare, and the government. Pretty much all other industries saw little change between February and March. And alongside these jobs numbers, we also saw a decrease in the unemployment rate, falling to 3.5% from the 3.6% mark we saw in February. This is a pleasant statistic to see after Fed Chair Powell said after the last round of interest rate hikes that unemployment was expected to increase over the course of the year. However, it is again important to note that this is just one report and anything can change in a month's time. The Biden administration is taking steps to protect the rights for transgender athletes in schools all across the country. In a new rule proposed Thursday, President Biden looked to essentially nullify the bans that 20 states have put in place that prevent transgender athletes from being part of school sports that match their gender identity. This new proposal labels these bans as a form of discrimination, though it does come with a few stipulations worth mentioning. Schools would be able to block transgender athletes from taking part in these sports teams if they conduct an analysis that shows that the student taking part would cause things like a lack of competition, fairness, a possible sports injury, or other major issues along those lines. When conducting the analysis, the school in question would have to take things like the nature of the sport, the grade level of the student, the skill level of the sport, and several other factors into account. And in a fact sheet, the Department of Education stated that transgender students in elementary school would generally be able to take part on sports teams that match their gender identity, and that it would be extremely difficult for schools to justify exclusion of that student. The Education Department goes on to say that the prevention would more likely kick in at high school and college level, where competition is more intense and there is more at stake. 
The proposed rule states that schools that violate this rule would face revocation of their federal funding, and officials from several states, including West Virginia and South Dakota, have already voiced their unhappiness surrounding this rule proposal, saying that they will fight it in any way that they can. And it is likely that if this rule does become official, it will be appealed in the courts. However, like we mentioned with every rule proposal that we talk about here on this show, this is not official yet. It still needs to go through a public commenting period, followed by additional revisions. So there is still a long road ahead before this rule can actually go into effect. Getting into rapid news, gunfire erupted on a South Carolina beach during a senior skip day event involving numerous teenagers Friday, wounding six people, according to police. And Cash App founder Bob Lee was found stabbed to death last Tuesday. Nick, what do you got for this Monday morning good news? All right, so... For today's good news story, we have a heroic story in a bit of a different way. So, I can't imagine what it's like being a pilot. And so, just trying to take this story into account and and the feelings that must have been happening is impossible because a basically a rookie pilot was forced to make an emergency landing after part of her landing gear fell off after takeoff. Basically, the front wheel came off of the plane, and she tried to get back in contact with the control tower, but they had never seen anything like this before, so they didn't know exactly what to do. So what they did was patched her through to a longtime, you know, very much veteran pilot who was able to talk her down through the entire process and help her make a perfect emergency landing. The pilot in question, the veteran, was Chris Yates. Uh, and basically he talked her through it all like from start to finish helped her to calm down because of course when they first patched her through to him she was extremely anxious she didn't know what to do she was scared and so he did everything he did to calm her down you know he was talking about how his daughter's name was taylor and he taught her to fly and so this would just be routine and they would you know, make a perfect landing. And that's exactly what they did. She managed to bring the plane down in a field. The uh, plane, you know, the nose of the plane didn't touch the ground right away. So it happened exactly as it was supposed to. Everyone was safe. And even more incredible, Taylor, who had only logged 57 flight hours up until this point, says that she has no intention on giving up on flying and is more than excited to continue on. That is an incredible story, and it's even better that it all ended well. Um, congratulations to both of them, on, because that's huge for both of them. It, it's such, I, again, I can only imagine how terrifying that situation is to go through, especially when you're a rookie, and then when you have to be the one talking that person down and through the process. And so, right. yeah, like you said, congratulations to both of them. Uh, from what they both said, there were a lot of tears after the landing from both of them. They were both just so happy to to be through it and to have, you know, landed the plane successfully. Just incredible. Well, that is the end of this Monday morning news episode. Nick will be back here tomorrow morning with an eye on the ball episode. And of course, on Wednesday, we both will be back here for an idiots in the news. Until then, everybody enjoy the start to your work week. Bye, guys. Bye.